What's up, everybody? This is Luke Schrock from the Cornerstone Sports Network, and you're listening to the Hanging with Wang podcast. It's the Hanging with Wang podcast. I'm Nate Wangler, a.k.a. Wang. And this seems like a weird week to start a podcast, right? There's movies that have been written about the world stopping, only this time it's not make-believe. The CDC is projecting that up to 220 million people, or 67% of America, could be impacted by the coronavirus. But while some are busy stockpiling toilet paper and ammunition for a possible zombie invasion, and yet others are out on the town celebrating St. Paddy's Day like there's nothing happening, there's always two sides to every coin. And with that, we bring in our good buddy, Luke Schrock. Hey, hey, what up? That's what you're coming with? Oh, I, I don't know. Hey, hey, you what just, up? You just I don't know. You just kind of brought me in. I, what else am I supposed to say? Hey, what's up? Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe we're putting ourselves at risk of getting this crap being down here. Eh, we're fine. We're in a closed area. We're all good. It's weird, man. I just don't... It's been a surreal couple of days. You know, it's shutting down everything. Sports are at a standstill in the, in America right. and everything, you know? It's <laughs> it's the only topic of everything because of how much panic's going on right now. The, the amazing part about all this is that there's such a wide array of people reacting to it different reactions you know there are some people that are like hunkering down like buying hundreds of dollars worth of groceries a yeah. guy got a gun pulled on him in ionia today you're kidding yeah, yeah. for toilet paper i knew my mom she went I'll to see walmart if I can find the, the storyline online it's it's do it now i know my mom went to uh walmart i think it was yesterday and someone actually got in a fist fight with somebody over supplies it's that crazy. Oh, no. All right, never mind. I can't find it. Attaboy. Anyways, you get the point. But Attaboy. yeah, it was just, it was amazing, amazing to me. And then the amount of people that were just kind of clueless about it. I mean, there was a girl that came in, obviously was down celebrating St. Patty's somewhere with her boyfriend, and she goes, I just don't understand why they closed St. Patty's Day for downtown. I'm like, sweetie. Have you looked at a TV screen in the past three days? Yeah, or have been on the internet at all. Well, Keep in mind, this was in this was in China like two months ago. The Chinese government was denying the fact that it was even a thing. It didn't come from a woman eating bats, so if we could please stop. <laughs> I that, heard about that today. That little argument. Come on now. <laughs> oh, man. It Th- didn't. That'd be trippy if it was, though. But, I mean... I can see, I can see that it, people are projecting or saying that it did come from bats. For all the sources that I'm seeing are saying that it came from a bat or something like a bat. Well, that just makes sense, though. I mean, Triple E that came from what was it, mosquitoes that spread it, right? So, I mean, it makes sense, but I mean, it's eating the meat of a bat isn't going to cause you to have flu-like symptoms, but it's all dry in the nasal passages. It does bring up an interesting question, though. Do eating habits have to change in places like China? Why would you eat a bat, first of all? Okay, well, I know that's not a delicacy over there, so that's not that's one you can cross off the list. But I mean, there's those crazy people that do crazy things everywhere, but why, why a bat? I don't They're know. They're filled with disease. Why monkey brains in the Middle East? Or in yeah. Turkey? That's, that's uh, when my dad was stationed out in Turkey, 
uh, he was a, in the Marines and testing out uh, how computers uh, get affected, which that's like the old style computers, right? Which uh, how they get affected in desert like conditions. Mm-hmm. They one of the restaurants they went to, one of the delicacies was monkey brains and stuff right. like that. So I, I get that there's like delicacies and odd things to eat in other countries around the world, but mm-hmm. like I don't. I, a bat in China would be like the last thing I would expect. There's new information coming out about coronavirus all the time. Mm-hmm. But the pace at which that's coming out is like my beat up Ford driving down the highway shaking like a the whole way, you know, like it's that's how fast information is coming out, but the virus itself is spreading like a freaking Ferrari on a summer's day with an open highway. To me, I would instead of saying this is how many cases we're going to have. I would rather see how many cases in people at risk are right. we going to see. Because that, because that's really the number that matters. I mean, sure, you want to re- prevent the non-risk people, the younger people, or the middle-aged people from passing it to them. And that brings up my big point, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I think you and I, and I mean, even Tori, were kind of in consensus on this. Everybody needs to realize that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this is not about you. Right. I mean, the people that are going out and celebrating and going out places and, and drinking and just having a grand old time, it's like you're you're making a selfish decision to go out and do that. Listen, I'm not going to die. You know, I could hop on a flight tomorrow to California for 50 bucks on Spirit Airlines, do all my homework over in California, eventually come back and go back to school. I can do all that, get sick, and be completely okay. Right. But it's not about me. It's about the people, the other people that I put in danger. Like my dad who has asthma, I mean, he's on the at-risk list of all the people that could possibly go down. Right. I, I don't understand what these people don't get about it's not about you. The situation's not about you. Well, and this is also a thing where when people are grieving about losing their sporting seasons, you don't want to go ahead and start attacking them on the same thing. Like, I just found out yesterday that... And I'm a college baseball player at Cornerstone. My season is done. There is I had yeah. to go through that heartbreaking, tear-filled see you later with all the seniors that we went through a whole practice knowing that it could happen, seeing that the rest of the conferences didn't even the get NAI, to play one game at home. Exactly. They got to play their spring season. I mean, JV got to play one doubleheader against GRCC, but I mean, at least they had something, but that's still not even comparable to all the seniors or even the junior college teams and players that got to lose half of their collegiate careers. And exactly. who knows if they're going to find their way into a four-year school. Right. And I, you know, I, I tweeted out this a little bit after a lot of these seasons were canceled and March Madness and everything. Mm-hmm. I said, we have to have a little bit of perspective. They're just games at the end of the day. But there is so much more that goes into it. And I realize there weren't a lot of athletes that were all about that tweet because it does mean that much more. Right. Um, you know, I think the athletes are finally coming to terms. I think they understand. But it's just, you know, you look at places like, I don't know, some college campuses. I'm not going to name names. I don't want to call people out. You know, you're, you're right. having fun. You're drinking your Corona. You're doing your thing. We realize you're not going to die. You're going to experience mild symptoms, and that's that. Right. But there is that population, you know, have we lost the respect for the elderly and the very young? Have we lost that much respect to just go out and put ourselves at danger of contracting this and pass, possibly spreading it to more people? Right, and it just it shows the character of the mass the masses. 
it shows the character of people and what their their mental is focused on, what they're thinking about. You know, and I get that you don't want to completely abandon your lives just because of this. But then again, you have to keep mindful of other people at the same time. You know, you, you can't just think, hey, I'm not going to let this stop me from having a good time. I'm still going to go out and do this, this, and this. But it's still very selfish to think about that, hey, you could be part of the problem here of all of the 5,000-ish deaths and a few cents right. that are going on right now across the globe. Right. Which, is that, hearing that number itself is means that you really shouldn't be panicking, but still, mm -hmm. it's no reason to go out and be stupid. And that brings it back to, you know, trying to make sense of the wide varying opinions on what's going on here. I think it's a serious matter, personally, when I look at it. I think it's serious. I think it's pathetic when people start panicking mm -hmm. um, and building <laughs> building bunkers and, you know, stockpiling as much, you yeah. know, weapons and ammunition and food. It's like, okay, the, I don't think the world's coming to an end. No, it's definitely not. Like, and there, but, there's even the Christian community that are starting to think, oh, is this the end times? Like, they do say, hey, they do say the first sign of end times is yeah, a disease, a plague. Right. I'm just saying. But there's a difference between the, uh, in my opinion, a plague and this. This, yes, there are going to be a ton of people that's affected. But okay. the death rate is different. It's still very, it's still very small. But it's not like the Black Plague that but, is like taking out right. everybody and their brothers. But everyone is like, look at the death rate is really small. Since when did we stop thinking that, like, one life was enough? You know yeah. what I mean? Right. In the UK, just 11 hours ago, deaths doubled in 24 hours. Hmm. Um, just a little bit earlier uh, today, the first death from it in New York. Like, people are, people are actually dying from this, and we don't have the solution. And I think these same people that go out and just kind of, like, celebrate and whatever, they think... This is going to blow over in a month. I don't want to use kind of a dumb analogy to try to explain to you why it's not going to be over in a month, but here it goes, okay? You practice the guitar, right? You're really good at the electric guitar. You're jamming. You've been playing for 10 years, right? And you're good with all these different instruments that you've learned and all the different instruments that are out there. All of a sudden, I give you a brand new instrument, something you've never seen before. Are you going to be able to master that in a month? No, even without, even with all the money, technology, and time that is going into finding this cure, it still will take them at least six months to a year. You don't just come up with a cure out of nowhere. You can find ways to curb it. You can find ways to slow down the virus, but that's exactly what we have to do so we don't overwhelm our medical system because it takes time to find a cure for things. Well, here's the thing, and this just came out, I believe it was today, China is does have a cure in the works right now. Yeah. So they, they said it was going to be ready. I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. Right. I mean, you have to have <laughs> the first tested person or whatever, right. but you still, th th there's at least something being reported. And that it's at least a little bit comforting that you can report on. But they said it was going to be ready in about, I think, April? Okay. Yes, April-ish. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously you have to 
see if it's actually gonna work right obviously but still it, it, it's at least something to put at least a little bit of ease of mind well, ease of mind and they want to convince people that they're going to find the solution because right i'm pretty sure their government actually you know i heard on npr this morning that their government did deny that the coronavirus was an issue in china for the longest time you know and that's part of the reason why it spread that's part of the reason you know all these other things but yeah man it's 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 jacked and it's confusing. That's the worst part about this whole thing. It's confusing as hell. No one knows, mm-hmm. right? Everything's on the table. And you're right. It, there's a lot at stake for loved ones. There is, you know, and I get that. But right. at the same time, like toilet paper, really? Toilet right. paper is the thing you stock <laughs> up on. It's not vitamins. It's not fruit. It's or not vegetables. Of water. That's a bottle of water. Is the other thing. You have a sink at your house, don't yeah. you? What's wrong with tap? Water, I mean, unless man, you think it's going to get in that. the water supply. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's it's dumb. It really is. Like, <laughs> it's kind of funny because my mom isn't always like the best at keeping up with things. Like, mm-hmm. she'll get on Facebook and she'll watch the news, but I don't know how in the world she did not know about the shortage of toilet paper. So she went out to find some yesterday, thinking, mm-hmm. ah. I have plenty. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'll tell you what, Family Fair right now is the place to go. They actually have everything. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a barren shelf in that store. Interesting thought here, and someone mentioned this earlier today, and I was thinking the same exact thing. What do you think about this, though? Okay. Is it smart to go shopping right now? Here's Here's why I ask this. Okay, if people are stockpiling right now, they were stockpiling yesterday, they were stockpiling today. The meat shop that I work at, some of the best sales that we've seen all year. People are stocking up. They're ready to stay at home and just chill and do everything from a remote location because of what we're going through. The disease is already in Kent County. It's already here. Why would you go to the most heavily populated place in the city (laughs) where people are sneezing, people are coughing, people are touching stuff and putting it back on the shelves because, oh, I don't want that. I saw a lady pick up every single pair of bananas and put them back down yesterday. So it's the Rudy Gobert syndrome. If you're trying to avoid a fire, why would you run into the fire? (laughs) You know what I mean? It's the Rudy Gobert syndrome. Except yeah. a little bit later in the uh, the process. If you're trying to not get the disease, why would you go where everyone is? Where it takes you 14 days to actually figure out if you have this. To, to, to yeah. show any of the symptoms. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my grandma got up and went to the store today and I was ready to... I've never wanted to like swing on my grandmother, but that's <laughs> today I was ready to throw hands. <laughs> I was like, what are you oh, thinking? Boy. But that's the thing I was kind of wrestling with today because yesterday, now see, I, I made a little bit of a uh, a purchase. I got a, a blend jet. You know what that is? A it's blend like, jet? It's a portable blender. Zach, Zach Kanalicha had, had one for the longest oh, time. Oh, for his, for his protein yeah, pre-workout so, stuff. So yeah. it, it ran across my Instagram and I wanted to like, you know what? That looks kind of fun right now. I have nothing else to do. I don't have any baseball. I don't have any schoolwork right now. Let's, let's try it. So that's actually why I was at Family Fair yesterday. <laughs> I, was, I was getting fruit to try it out. And I'll tell you what, my first smoothie was disgusting because I had no sugar or anything in it. Mm-hmm. And it was just straight raspberries 
this plain yogurt, which I should have got the vanilla yogurt. I was very <laughs> stupid for that, but anyway, <laughs> and uh, uh, some uh, whole milk. So that uh-huh. is, I ended up finally figuring it out, but I still need to get some sugar. But still, I, I don't think I'm going to be heading to the store anytime soon around here, at least. Right. Maybe when I go back home tomorrow. But. Right. But it's just like they, <laughs> they canceled school. They canceled a lot of yeah. like businesses are canceling. They're doing that so that you don't have to go to places where there's more than 200 people. Exactly. So what's your solution to that? Hey, let's quick run to the store where there's a line out the door. Or there's a lot more than just two right. people. Like, <laughs> hey, there's a burning house. How do we get around it? Well, we could either like stay away from it or we can run straight into it. <laughs> like you know horror, what I mean? Like a horror movie yeah, where they it's decide like your house to stay is on in the fire house. and you decide I have to run back in and get my PlayStation or something. That Geico, you know what I mean? The Geico commercial with like the guy with the chainsaws yeah. making fun of the horror movie. Yeah. It's like, why don't we just go into the running car? Yeah. Oh man. It's like, no, you're gonna get fucking burnt. <laughs> get it on Amazon. Oh, oh my god. Alright, that's segment one. We'll be back for segment two um in just a little bit. We're gonna talk about baseball. The, the baseball league that Luke is looking at working in uh, this upcoming summer is not closed, which is fascinating to me uh, because we know the West Michigan Whitecaps and that level of the minor league baseball is pushed back, and a lot of speculation says it will be for a while. So segment two coming up in just a second. You're listening to the Hanging with Wang podcast, Hanging with Schrock. Hey everybody, this is Nate Wangler from the Hanging with Wang podcast, and you are Hanging with Wang. Again, we're coming with a new episode every single week featuring close family members, friends, and other people from around the community talking politics, sports, and other top stories that pertain to their life as well as pertain to yours. Again, you're listening to the Hanging with Wang podcast, the podcast about everything. I mean, are you you excited for the summer? Oh, I'm so excited for the summer. Yeah. Like, I really I really want this to happen. Yeah. Like, because Kansas City is so much of, like, a just a toss-around. Pull it closer to your face. There you go. Oh, are there we actually, you go. Are we actually, now I can hear you. Wait, are we actually starting? Yeah, we're actually starting. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought you were just talking to me. <laughs> Welcome back. Hanging with Wayne Podcast, uh, part two. We're hanging with Luke Schrock today. Woo. CSPN. Ow. Oh, <laughs> Ow! What did you just do? Cramp. <laughs> oh, out of boy. You know Proud when you, you bend your leg and get that. Oh. Now see, I normally just get the foot oh. cramp. That those are the worst. That like especially sucked. if you look at it because it looks like your foot's broken. I had to hold my breath there for a second. I thought I was going down. <laughs> Hanging I, with Wayne podcast part two. <laughs> Man, the most depressing part about all this. I know we mentioned it. It's just a game, but it is depressing to see that sports just aren't going on. Like, no, we don't. This whole thing is making me examine a lot of things in life that I just take for granted. Mm-hmm. Sports is one of them. Like, for even sure. if it's just turning it on at night and watching it, you know, at least I had that luxury when this whole thing wasn't going on. Yeah. But um, one of the most sad parts is you know working for the West Michigan Whitecaps minor league baseball is. We don't know. We don't know how long it's going to be closed. Yeah, it's postponed, isn't it? It is postponed, right. It, but, um, you know, does that bring up any questions for you? Because tell mm-hmm. the people, A, where you're going, what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk a little bit. You know, you and I are kind of similar in what we do, but you're looking oh, yeah. at a potential new career path. Tell them about that. So last summer, I actually, I'll, I'll bring it back to last spring. I was looking at internship opportunities. So 
I was looking at, do I want to find a radio internship? Do I want to find a uh, TV internship? I, uh, I was just looking at my different options. Do I want to do a marketing one? Just whatever. So I am, I'm wanting, I'm obviously an aspiring sportscaster like Wang here, but I was sending out my resume last spring just to a bunch of people, like uh, the head of uh, the broadcasting department in Cornerstone. I sent it back to my teacher in Sam Vaughn, which was my internship teacher back in high school, mm-hmm. which we called it the the ICE program, which was like a work program, right. co-op program. Mm-hmm. So I was sending it back to everybody, and I knew for a while that his brother, Dan Vaughn, is the the head director of broadcasting and media relations over at the Kansas City T-Bones, which is a part of the American Association, which is right. independent baseball. So you work for the T-Bones, you go yes. work for them. Um I you get to meet him, a lot yeah. of cool guys. I mean, you mentioned Daniel Nava, uh, the first guy to hit a home run for the Boston Red Sox. Wasn't that after the Boston yes, Marathon? It was, after, it was the first home game after the Boston Bond. Okay, yeah, the yes. first hit a home run in that game. You got to interview him. Um, you got to meet a lot of other cool guys. Chris um, Colabello, the Blue Jays. He was the guy that was on deck after Jose Bautista hit that home run in right. the ALCS. Right. Game five, something like that. So you would say, I mean... And this is something that I talk a lot about, you know, and this is something that I'm trying to do more as I develop, but it was just kind of reaching out yeah. that helped you get to that point. By far. Like, he right. came back when I sent him the resume, and, uh, yeah, it was just a resume, actually. He came back with, he, he barely even looked at it. He just emailed me back, said, hey, how would you like to work in Kansas City? Mm-hmm. Or intern in Kansas City? I'm like, mm-hmm. sure. Not yeah. knowing how in the world I was going to, where I was going to stay. I don't know how I was going to sustain myself, mm-hmm. and eventually I was able to raise fifteen hundred bucks and uh, get into the host family program. That's normally for just players, but I was given the exception and got put in the program too. Mm-hmm. So uh, that started off with Kansas City, but then the Gary Railcats, another team in the American Association, and the original place where Dan Vaughn uh, worked at mm-hmm. in the league. Got to know somebody who knows somebody. <laughs> exactly. He he uh, knew about uh, them giving the number one or the director of the broadcasting media relations. The, it was Laura Hoover that got that position, mm-hmm. former Go- Goshen College grad. And when he heard, when he saw an STAA that, or sport, I don't even remember the what it actually stands for. Sportscasters but, Talent Agency of America. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yep. <laughs> but, You're welcome. Um, ding. Ding. But uh, and anyway, so when he saw the job posting that day, and this is what's awesome about Dan Vaughn, is he sent me an email immediately, a copy and paste in an email of that posting, what all I need, I need what all the uh, it entailed and everything. And he said, hey, check this out and uh, go ahead and apply there. So you have an opportunity to work for the Railcats. Exactly. Do you so, really want to move to Gary? I mean, real talk. Come on. I mean, you seen that place? <laughs> I have. I have seen Gary. Yes. Have you been to a game at the Real Kids? Ah, uh, no. But my ha- dad, my dad and I went last summer. I yeah, think I you told did. you about that, right? Yeah, you did. Now, I mean, see, I've I've been past it a couple of times. Right. Beautiful stadium. Just right. like going into Chicago, uh-huh. but I've never actually set foot on the premises. There's <laughs> that, and there's the the courthouse that's right across the street. Oh, and the mm-hmm. police station. Those are the nice places in Gary. Dude, it was <laughs> it is crazy. That place is a jungle. But man, I think we went by like four boarded up high schools when we were in there. Crazy. I think it was East Chicago Central. Right. No, 
Yeah, East Chicago Central is the only like it's a big school, but it's like covering for like all of those boarded up high schools right. at the same time. And you I mean you bring up a point with like the whole living situation. Um as a broadcaster, man, they don't they don't like make a lot of money. Nah. I mean, this is you've told me it's been a dream since you were a little kid. Um, wanted to broadcast for the Yankees. I think that's what you oh, yeah. told me was was your dream, and it always has been the dream. But like on the radio side, yeah. But on like, the radio side, the ultimate like biggest dream was being an analyst on MLB Network. MLB Network. Where okay. I, all I have to do is just like analyze swings, talk about baseball in its entirety. You find that dream shifting as you get older. I mean, it just not the fact that not the end goal necessarily. Right. But just like the path, the to get wide, there. the path to get there, yeah. and just the wide array of things that you'd be willing to do. Um, oh, by far, in, in order to get to that point, you know, I, I find my job like I always wanted to be baseball play by play on the radio growing up, but then all of a sudden it's like you know you get to that point, and then you realize there's more than play by play. There's oh, yeah. podcasting. There's being an analyst. There's working as a behind the scenes guy, or maybe a, a host of some sort, or well, producer. Well, this this is the funny thing. Originally. Towards my path, I wanted to start off in, like, newsprint journalism. Right. And that's what really started everything, because I was originally the sports writer for my high school's uh, newspaper, The Minute, because mm-hmm. we were The Minute Men, and it, it just started off with that. But then when I realized, hey, newspapers are kind of going downhill, and it's going more towards, it's shifting more towards um, digital media, mm-hmm. and th- that's when things be started to shift. And at that point, it was more like, um, in my senior year of high school, I wanted to find a a reason to get out of school early, to get out because they had two options: the ICE program, which was like a co-op work education program, and you had the internship program, which internship was just one trimester because we were in trimesters, and the ICE program was all year. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why wouldn't I, Pat? Why would I not do? a program that gets you out of school halfway through. Right. It's awesome. Right. It was awesome. And it was with a radio company in, uh, 20 minutes away, which was beautiful because it was not that far of a drive. It was dealing with the local area. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, it even led me back to my high school to cover things. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was a great thing to get involved with. And it's really what sparked my whole broadcasting career was just that, getting my feet wet in that. Right. Because I've always admired buster only he does everything yeah like he will go on he'll go on espn as an analyst he will he has his own podcast for baseball tonight and he even writes as well he, he does everything and i'm sure he's paid based upon what he puts out mm-hmm. and that's beautiful that's 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 something that i've always dreamed of is that right there and at the end of the day it's the love of it's the love of sport exactly you know is what it is especially um, when these kind of things happen that's what gets you through it. Makes you makes you sit back and and think about it a little bit. Again, we're talking to Luke Schrock here on the Hanging with Wang podcast, uh, season one, episode one of the Hanging with Wang podcast. I'm sure we'll have you back around a couple more times on this. But the life of a broadcaster is really it's a windy one, mm-hmm. and that's the thing that's kind of intimidating. You know, as we come up closer to graduation for me, I know you got one more year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of you know it's that decision of do you continue to pursue that dream or do you look for other things that make more money? Because, but it, it's hard, mm-hmm. you know, cause I don't know about you, you know, but I, I remember growing up and listening to Pat Hughes specifically, mm-hmm. um, in the radio with my dad, whenever he was working on stuff in there. And, 
um, always listening to him on in the car on the way to you know practices or whatever it was. It was just like yeah. the voice was was captivating, and, and I feel like you know for you and for me, um, I think I can mention God on this. I think it's all right. You know, yeah, I go to a totally. Christian school, I believe in God, but you know, I think he he gifted me, he blessed me with the ability to speak um, and to be a broadcaster. But you know, maybe with the whole money thing, it it wouldn't hurt to look at anchoring. Or having yeah. a podcast, or going those multiple different ways, and I know you're doing that with the 10 minute drill podcast. Yeah, definitely. And as of right now, obviously, it's not making us any money because it's right. like in its infancy still. But it's it's, it's you, Zach, and Noah and Noah Saul. Yeah, and w- it's kind of funny how it all started because just a generic sports podcast, or what is it? Yeah, it's basically just whatever is the hot topics within the major sports. So preferably, it's first. Uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL. Right. The first is the top of those three sports, and if like a coronavirus hits or something like that, <laughs> we'll go to like hockey or soccer or something like that. Right. So it, it, well, it's whatever. Hockey, I mean, hockey and soccer are still. No, soccer's getting canned. Soccer's good. Yes, soccer's canned. Oh, soccer's canned. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were well, saying so like they're hockey. still going. Yeah. No, they're, they're, yeah. Those are both canned. canned. Yeah. Those are both canned. canned. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> but yeah, and and to me, it, it's really. It's good that the World Baseball Classic that happens every four years is happening next summer, or no, next winter. Is it winter? Is it winter winter or summer? I don't remember when it actually occurs. It might be winter. I don't know. No, it's winter because it doesn't interfere with professional seasons. Oh, there you go. Okay. okay. Glad I hashed that out. The Olympics? No, not the Olympics. World Baseball Classic. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's completely different. Um, except I do think the Olympics are coming up anyway, but I think they're mm-hmm. running into some issues hosting wise. Right. With like, I, I think it was even diseases. And God, stuff I wish, like that. I I wish it was is. Chicago. I oh, would I go, could have. I would oh. go in a heartbeat. Oh, I agree. I'd that's, be there. That's a once in a lifetime type thing. For sure. But it, it's, it, dealing with those kind of things and we try to have as much fan involvement as possible. Right. Like we, we will, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. And we just posted our first version uh, of video, of right. the video version of our podcast as well. So, and that's a step forward. But that's is. the tough. That's the tough thing, you know, is yeah. finding, um, you know, is, is finding fan involvement. A lot of people are talking about sports. Yeah, you're not the only ones talking about sports. You know, you have. And you that have, was my first concern when we right. first came into this because I'm not like the lead guy in decisions. Mm-hmm. So I was the guy that was approached because I, I am very in tune with technology and editing and all of that. So really that my role is to like, is more of the content creator uh, graphics wise and then production as well. So like I'll, I will help come up with content or like segments, topics and all that. But it's mainly Zach and Noah that make all the decisions on mm-hmm. what we're actually going to cover, what, how we're going to do this, et cetera, right. et cetera. So right. it's, and I like the idea of like what the 11.7 podcast does. Mm-hmm. They're covering just division one baseball. Right. And granted that's a niche podcast. A lot of those yeah. podcasts get a lot of traffic. You'd be surprised. Oh the God. top sports podcast. Thank you guys. Um, I, I don't know. It's not, it's not the NASCAR um, NASCAR NASCAR. There's it's a NASCAR not the Pat podcast. McAfee show? No. Really? Yes. Because you think about how many niche fans there are for NASCAR. That's fair. There's not a huge demand. Like, 
in terms of podcasting, how many NASCAR podcasts are you going to find out there? <laughs> Not many. How many NASCAR fans are there? There's a ton. There is. NASCAR is huge. Mm-hmm. Especially in Indiana. Right. Well, more IndyCar racing, but still. It, I mean, just racing in general. Yeah. Like North Carolina, I think that's the national sport, is racing. So you have to find that niche podcast and find out a way to get people involved. And that's kind of the kind of the deal that we got here going on with the Hanging with Wayne podcast. It's all about the guest. Yeah. You know, it's all about the guests talking about, you know, news and, and information and stuff that. Yeah. And that's another struggle is what we're dealing with. Human like stories. Because the kind of guests we need are like people you would find with like ESPN and the Pac-12 network and that kind of thing. Right. We're not going to attract those kind of guests. Right. But, and this is a really cool thing, like we we try and utilize who we know. And as of right now, we're just doing like friends on campus, mm-hmm. which has has done fairly well. We we've gotten some extra viewers because of that, but we're looking into like with this coronavirus thing and how it's canceling so many people's seasons. We have buddies that play division 1 sports. We have buddies that play college sports. So we're trying to tap into that resource as of right now. We haven't began it yet, but we're going to try that in the next couple days. But we're going to try and tap into that resource because Guests do very well on like radio shows and podcasts, right? Because if you find somebody that, or somebody that's involved with something that people care about, mm-hmm. then that's when you're going to get the viewers. Right. That's when people are going to decide. Perspectives. And everybody exactly. with a every clown with a laptop and a microphone can make a <laughs> podcast. You know exactly. what I mean? So you have to make it attractive to the audience, which is what I hope the Hanging with Wang does. At least it better. That's why I'm here, <laughs> right? That's why we're all here. Yes. Yeah, Anyways, Perfect. find the 10-Minute Drill podcast on... Where can they find the 10-Minute Drill? Uh, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and yeah, that's about it. Okay. Yep, and they're going to have some pretty cool guests coming on um, pretty soon here as mm-hmm. you guys continue to grow, and you guys do continue to grow. You know, it's slow, but that's how podcasts yeah. go. It's a slow growth. Um, Luke Schrock, uh, hopefully future number two for the Gary South Shore Railcats. I wouldn't mind that. I'd come to a game. Um, but thanks for joining us, man, here on the first episode of the Hanging with Wayne podcast. Glad to be here. All right. Peace. Give him a goodbye. Peace. 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 See ya.